is the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Copy, sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy yo. Hard time scrolling for your long truths You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind I'm so tired in my body tired in my body yeah that's my song for this week because i am exhausted i am so so tired um i've just arrived back from well not just arrived back but um i went to venice um it was a surprise from my partner my partner um we went to venice for our fifth anniversary and it was nice we've been to venice before you know it it was nice when we went then and it was beautiful when we went this time. I didn't know that's where we were going, but I had an inkling, obviously, but um, it was nice to be there and to stay at the same hotel. That's absolutely beautiful. I mean, I still have a problem a little bit with the name. It's called Moresco. And it's if when you walk around the hotel, it's got images of the Moors and, you know, they have them, they paint them super, super black Um and they have these images of them all around the hotel. And it's a bit of cognitive dissonance because I find some of the imagery problematic, but the hotel is so lit. Like the customer service is impeccable. The food is beautiful. The bedrooms are just extraordinary. It's so nice there. It's so, so nice. So yeah, I'm very tired because we arrived back this morning, Sunday morning, and headed straight to the studio so I could teach uh, my twerk class and then headed here to record um usually I record on a Friday now but because we were away I didn't so I'm recording now anyway that's just a roundabout way of telling you that I'm exhausted from traveling but I'm so glad to be making another episode of SYM SYM officially known as say your mind unofficially known as what what that's right suck your mother <laughs> so um yeah welcome my name's Kelechi Okafor and and we might as well just get into bits. So I don't know if some of you saw, um, I presented the Screen Nation Awards and your uncle Idris Elba was there and I presented him his award for best male TV personality or something. But yeah, I presented him the award and he's an all right guy, you know, I, you, I think because I've never met Idris Elba before, the hype that you lot have around him, like, oh my God, he's such a spice. He's such a spice. I... I never really got that hype and I just think that he's okay like in person I didn't get to chat to him much obviously but he he was just he was nice he said something he was like nice to meet you nice to see you again and I was thinking when did you see me the first time but I imagine that he was intoxicated um so maybe he thought he'd seen me before <laughs> but Maybe or maybe he has seen me before because I'm probably one of those bait faces on the internet, but um we've never actually met. But he was he was he was pleasant. Um the Screen Nation was the Screen Nation. You know, I appreciated being there. There were some hiccups that were there, well, major hiccups, but you know, I appreciate the lovely dress, the lovely dresses that I was um able to wear. One was made by Styles Afrique, the one that had the African print material and the black cape. I felt like such a princess. In fact, I didn't even feel like a princess. I felt like the queen of Wakanda. And my hair was done by Latenda Hair Salon. And Latenda is hilarious. Like this woman is so funny. And I just appreciated the hairstyle that she did for me. And then my makeup was absolutely beautiful. And that was done by Bijou Makeup. So big up yourselves. Like you made me look so incredible. Like day to day, I just look anyhow. Like I look day to day, I look like the equivalent of Tesco value sliced bread. I'm always saying this, like I just look standard, but God has blessed me with the ability to glow up, you know? So when it's time to glow up, I can do it. I can scrub up well. It's just general day to day. I'm sorry. This is what you get. Soz. 
But um, yeah, it was an incredible opportunity to be able to present the Screen Nation. And to I've never really considered myself to like be a presenter. I didn't think that that was my vibe. I didn't think that was like my zhuzh. But actually, it was very, very cool to do that. And that's my second one. You know, that's my second hosting gig this year, presenting gig. And it's it's really rather cool. But my focus will always be, uh, be on acting, you know, TV and film, that sort of thing. And, you know, doing these sort of things and, and writing, you know, I love writing, whether it's poetry or prose. Like I, I just I just love I just love getting words out on paper and being creative with things. I'm currently reading a book called Black Ass. It's written it's basically a reworking of Franz Kafka's uh, Metamorphosis. Um, I've forgotten the the. Uh, author of the book but I'll tell you next week um, and I'll let you know how I'm getting on with the book but basically it's a Nigerian man from um, Delta he wakes up one morning and he's turned into a white man and he's still living in Lagos but it's kind of this satirical take on what happens when you wake up as a white man in Lagos like but you are very still very much still aware that you are a black man you know, but you know, you wake up and you're white and you've got ginger hair and you've got green eyes, like Wagwan, how do you navigate your society or what privileges are then afforded to you by your society now that you look different, but you are still the same person on the inside. But yeah, I'll let you know how I get on with that book. It's it's going really, really well so far. Um, yeah, so that's, that was The Screen Nation. That's a book that I'm currently reading and yoga. So we are going to be I've been trying for the longest time to get yoga going at my studio and it's proved problematic because I had one demonic girl, Onyibo girl, that was teaching yoga there and she tried to pull a fast one on me, but I dealt with her and she's no longer there. And um, we've I've actually gotten something going with Oya um, um you know, Oya that does Oya retreats, Stacey. We're now... Um, kind of collaborating we're going to have weekly yoga classes at the studio at the um Kolechnikov studio and it's only going to be five pounds because at the end of the day people always say like if you want to make if, you, if something is truly radical ideally it should be free but at the end of the day there's rent to pay so the yoga classes are going to be five pounds in Peckham um, you can book online and it's just a way of making yoga as accessible to women or you know to people as much as possible and to have yoga taught by black and brown women as it should be taught as far as I'm concerned that's not to say that all of you other yoga teachers are redundant you've definitely got your lane and you're definitely thriving in your lane but I think that um, other yoga teachers black and brown yoga teachers are often overlooked um, most especially brown yoga teachers like you know this form of yoga that we're teaching originates from them yet they're never given any recognition and I think that sucks so yeah, we're going to be having yoga from Thursday, 1st of March at Kolechnikov Studio for a fiver. You can book online. It's our gift to you all. Come and connect with yourself. One of the great side effects of connecting with yourself in this way is that you, you know, you're able to use your body in different ways. So football and shoulder, all of them things there will be accessible to you and you can thank me later. <laughs> um, moving on. I'll just go straight into tarot for this week. And you know what? This card is interesting that I've pulled for tarot this week because I'm going to tell you why um, in a second. So the card I pulled for this week was the Knight of Pentacles. So the Knight of Pentacles, we see a knight on a black horse. A knight on a black horse and there's some reddish kind of garlands on the horse as well. I don't know if you can see it there but um yeah it's a yellow background which I like because I feel like um yellow speaks about opportunity and it speaks about rewards the pentacle itself that the knight is holding in his hand he's just holding it he's just holding the pentacle genge in his hand um it's yellow the background's yellow and then we see a field now the field looks like although it looks reddish it's like the field has been plowed so it's ready to you know, it's ready to take in seeds and to grow and to bring something forth. That's what I like about it. And if you look far, far off in the distance, you actually see mountains um, and you see the knight is all geared up. He's all geared up and the horse itself, the horse is just chilling, but not chilling in a lax kind of way. It, you can see that it's 
and poised and it's ready and it looks really, really regal as it is. And so what this card really says to me is that whenever it's pentacles, it's usually speaking about money. For me, whenever I look at pentacles, it's usually speaking about money. And this is um, a an earth sign sort of card pentacles we're talking about um taurus capricorn virgo these this is a card that's speaking to these people especially but you know it resonates with us all and so basically it's saying that there's an opportunity that's been that's ready for you there's an opportunity that's ready for you and it's not going to be one of those things that you see the results straight away. That's why we see the field that has now been plowed because you're going to need to do work. You know, um, I think a few episodes ago, I told, I spoke to you about, oh, you know, you need to rest because sooner or later you need to get, you're going to need to get back out there and you're going to need to do some work. I think this card is saying that it's time for us to do some more work and it's going to be hard. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to be easy. You're going to, you're going to need to put in a lot of effort, but the success of doing that is irrefutable like you are going to be successful from what you do but there's a manner of going about it the earth as we know it the in terms of actual soil is what we build our foundations on this is a time for you now to start building solid foundations and it's a promise from god from the universe that nothing is going to shake it but you have to start building and you have to build and you have to be confident and patient you know you have to have that kind of regality about yourself that you're confident and you're poised and you're patient you see the horse isn't jumping anywhere the horse isn't in motion here we see the horse has traveled from somewhere but the horse isn't in motion it's just there looking over looking across the field just really really poised and then the knight has just got the one pentacle in his hand and he's looking at the field as well so this is definitely an energy of you looking at what is ahead of you you know exactly what it is that this is probably alluding to it might speak to you intuitively you know what area of your life this is alluding to you're looking at it and you're thinking hmm how do I now go about making the best of this thing you make the best of this thing by being as calm and collected and confident as possible. You don't need to rush anything. Nobody is your master. You take your time and you put everything exactly where you want it to be because it's going to come to fruition. You are going to reap a beautiful harvest, but you need to take your time with this and understand that it's a process. Um, you're definitely moving to another stage of your life. You know, you've you've done a you know a similar cycle like this before where you've planted you've watched it grow and you've harvested but this harvest is going to be bigger than that one and so you have to go with you have to go into it with a new level of poise a new level of control of calm in order to make this work now the reason i said oh you know i'm mentioning this is because it kind of speaks to me in a sense that by the time you hear this, I'll probably be at the BBC Centre. I'm doing an interview with BBC World and it's going to be on around half 12. Um, and I'm shit scared. Like I've been looking for, for ages. I've been looking for like the, the right outfit to wear because, oh my God, I'm going to be interviewed on BBC World that has like a collective um viewing of about 77 million a week and um, that was before like now I'm sure it's grown but I'm gonna even when people saw me on BBC London you know or BBC stories on the internet I got so many calls and so many things and people had so much to say and then now it's going to be BBC World and it's much bigger and I feel like it's really calling for me as an individual to be calmer to 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 find that poise in myself as well, to approach these opportunities with some kind of steady thinking. So I'm definitely taking on the energy of the Knight of Pentacles, where I'm looking at what is in front of me, all of the things, you know, the new stage where I need to start planting new seeds and knowing that yes, they'll come to fruition and they'll be fantastic and I'll reap the rewards. But this stage is probably going to take a lot longer than the first stage because there is more to gain. So there is more to risk. So yeah, that's that. So if you are listen to, listening to this early on Monday morning, around 12.45 or 12.30, look for me on BBC World. 
we don't know how it's going to go. I don't even know if my outfit's going to bang, but we just have to just pray that God gets me through and I look like a baby girl. That's the most that we can ask for. So yeah, that's the tarot. Hold on. That's the tarot for this week. Moving on to Share Your Magnificence, SYM. Share Your Magnificence. So the first one, well, I've got three this week, actually, but one of them I haven't. Oh, actually, I did put it in here. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just so ahead of myself sometimes. I thought I didn't add one person to Share Your Magnificence, but I actually did. So let me just get into it then. The first one is sent in by Jean Jimbo, and she says... Hi, Kalechi. Thanks for being the big sis over the internet I never had. Just a quick share your magnificence. I wanted to shout out to you that I'm um, personally excited about as a black woman working in tech, which is notoriously known for its issues around diversity. Urena Okonkwo, um, and we've got her at here, which is Urena, two N's, Alexa, or one word, just launched the Cashmere app, which is a social savings app for guilt-free luxury shop- uh, shopping. Why this matters is that we have so few women and black women getting the support they deserve for the hard work they put in in an industry that tends to be dominated by sexist, racist and other exclusionary mentalities. Now we just need more luxury goods from black women and from black, you know, folk and women folk, black women folk. Uh, Much love, Jean. So I put Jean's um, tag as well. So um, from what I understand about that, it's a social savings app. So it's similar in the sense to kind of like Groupon or Woucher, but it's going to have luxury items. And, you know, this is something um, that a black woman has gone out and created. So download the Cashmere app, like support the thing. Like, and if you are someone that um, uh, specializes in luxury goods, maybe try and strike up a deal with her. And because you, collaboration is the only, only true path to success and to maintaining success, you have to collaborate with other people to see what, you know, because there are audiences that you don't have access to, but you might have access to them by using this app. So everyone get in touch with her, download the app, or if you've got goods to get on there, then get it on there. Let's, let's make this a thing. So big up yourself, Jean. And big up yourself, Urena. Like this is this is really, really cool. So the next one is I've actually got four. The next one is from Jonathan. Jonathan's my baby boy. Like we follow each other on Instagram and he's just so funny. And I find him so funny because he finds the outlandish things that I say on Instagram really hilarious. And it's just great to have the support of men as I do this podcast. And I'm going to talk about that more later on. Um, because oftentimes we find that men don't like women to be vocal and as most especially black women people always have something to say about black women being vocal so thank you Jonathan for the support and he sent his in and he says it's Jonathan from the curtain and I finally have a chance to email you about a woman I admire above all else and is investing so much back into society because she cares and that's my mum Gladys Mapanda She launched an organization called Empowered Ready Women Alliance, ERWA for short, which is a community she envisioned and launched to encourage women, particularly black women, to find kinship and support from other regular women who need help. She went through a lot a few years back and found peace and help in people that did not charge for it, nor did they have to say much, but they were, um, but they were there, whether through prayers, advice, or just comfortable silence. This inspired her and made her realize she wants that for other women everywhere. She launched Erwa. Um, she launched an Erwa in Zimbabwe, where we are from, which is also beginning to help more women in a country where they do not have much else. She has also recently been on ITV News, where she attended a gathering which was in support of migrant workers. And as an Uber driver, she felt compelled to stand up for what resonated with her. On top of that, she launched a blog, which I think is a stroke of genius called Dating and Over 50, which is almost like a Carrie Bradshaw style casual blog where she shares with humor and wit personal stories and asks readers their thoughts and opinions on typical dilemmas as data's face. I've attached a screenshot of an example of a typical post. I believe uh, for 
our older or even younger family members, this would be a great community for them to learn and grow from each other's life experiences. The blog is starting to get a couple of hundred monthly readers from various countries, and I can only wish it would grow to the thousands. I admire my mum immensely and cannot believe what she gets up to sometimes, and her drive for success is inspiring. I can only wish for more people to know of what she's doing because it's well deserved and at this um at it's well deserved at this point thank you for reading jonathan so i've got an excerpt from what she's got um what um gladys has got online i don't even want to call her by a name that feels really uh auntie gladys what she's got um online from dating and over 50 it says here from january 29th 2018 Yesterday I was at work driving and a young man in his late 20s got in the car. We started chatting. So he's in marketing and my interest got piqued. I told him about my charity and my blog. He was fascinated and wanted to know more about my blog. When I mentioned it's for the over 50s dating and finding a life partner, he was hooked. So I explained my problem of the AIM demographic group. I told him I had a I had posted a number of posts which required comments, opinions, but none had been made. I asked what he thought the problem was. He immediately said exactly what my son said after reading my blog. I thought the content did not invite comments, but no, there are questions posed in each blog, but still no response. The young man told me that the over 50s are not computer savvy, meaning we are not that literate, cheeky. And so there is little interest to surf and all the time be on our iPads or smartphones, etc. I did... I did agree, but not really. If Trump can tweet all the time and he's the president of the first world and finds time, how come people don't comment on my blog that is, you know, that's highlighting the problems we are facing every day and warrant some inputs? I want Auntie Gladys to get way more follows, you know, way more people clicking on her blog. It's called Dating and Over 50. It's all one word. Like she, let's support the, like, let's support Auntie doing big things because why do people forget that women are still women after, I don't know, the age of 40? Like, it's as if, if once they've served their duty as mother, they become desexualized and people don't even think of them in, this, in the sense of maybe needing intimacy and needing romance, especially if, you know, if, you know your dad or, you know, has been gone for years and your mum's still there. Do you ever consider and you say, mum, like, Mum, what what are you doing? Like, mum, do you do? Are you going to go on dates? Like, where where do over fifties even go to date each other? And I'm not talking about white over fifties. I'm talking about black, you know, West African, you know, African over fifties. Like, who? Where do they go to meet people? Because they seem to spend most of their time sending us these nonsense WhatsApp messages and these long chain mails that they want us to send to each other. I just want them to find love so they can send the WhatsApp messages to each other and stop sending them to us. I remember that when my mum was single and my mum's in her 50s, but when she was single a few years ago, I was a bit like, I was trying to be optimistic, but I was a bit annoyed for her because all the guys, like all the guys her age were like in complicated situations with their wives that they were no longer with, but you know, that we have children and we have this and we have that. And it just felt like, there was no one around that she could make a fresh, like nice start with. I mean, she's with someone now, but I think my mum would enjoy reading that blog. So if you know that your mum would, um, or your aunt would enjoy reading this sort of thing, or even you would enjoy reading like, what's life like for, a, you know, an over 50 woman, follow the blog, like get involved because we can't continue to not see um, the older generation of women. Like it's a bit weird um, it's really, really weird because not seeing them means that they're, they're, they are therefore not reflected in other parts of society. We don't see them in magazines. We don't see them in films. Like off the top of your head, think of 10 black celebrities that you know over 50 that you know much about. I can only really name Oprah, maybe. I don't even know how old Jada Pinkett is. Angela Bassett, um, uh, Viola Davis, um, some of them, I don't even know their names, but I know their faces, but I'm, I'm reading off like American names because those are the ones that I see. But what about everyday women? So thank you, Jonathan, for sending that. Like I'm going to put the link of Jonathan's mum's blog so people can find it and show her some support because it's so, so necessary. My next uh, Share Your Magnificence goes out to John Boyega. 
John Boyega, the actor, who is also from Peckham, but, 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 Peckham, SE15, why? Um, I'm shouting him out because he is, um, he's a producer on the new version of, is it Sky Pacific Rim or Skyrim? I don't know that, you know, the Hollywood film anyway, he's a producer on it. And he tweeted the other day, let me just get this up. He said, oh, this is it. He said, he tweeted, one of the most exciting things about producing Pacific Rim Uprising was the opportunity to influence the creative choices. So I put Wizkid, a Wizkid song, Daddy-O in the movie, he says Jaegers need or Jaegers need Afrobeats too. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. Here's a video of me listening to this very song and dancing. I don't. It just touches my heart that a, a young Nigerian actor from Peckham, like Southeast London, he is one of he's a producer on a Hollywood movie, and his thought, the first thought he's getting is, how am I going to? implement some how am I going to infuse some Nigerian-ness into this and he did and he's put Daddy-O in it somewhere and I'll just go and see the film now when it comes out because I just want to see that scene like anyone who knows me knows how much I love Wizkid like I love Wizkid and I'm just so proud that he didn't get to where he is now and go oh I don't want people to know that I listen to Afrobeats oh like no um no, he's 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 putting it in there. He's being sub, um, subversive. And this is what I'm saying, that we can use all of the platforms that we have to subversively impact our communities. Let people know, like with the little or big platform that you have or the little or big influence that you have about your culture and what makes you happy. And then you're shining a light on them in a way that they probably wouldn't have otherwise. Like Wizkid has got a, a vast audience, yes. But does he have this audience? When this film comes out, I'm sure people are going to want to know where the song came from and they're going to know more about Wizkid. So John Boyega, like God bless you, man. Like I relish the chance to big up black men doing things like I, it makes me so, so happy because I'm about to drag one for filth in a few moments. So I just need you to remember that I love when black men are doing wonderful, wonderful things. So yeah, that's, that's John for you. And the last, but definitely not least, Share Your Magnificence today has been sent in by Essie. Um, I've given Essie a shout out on Share Your Magnificence before. She's called The Constant Truth on Instagram. Essie has nominated someone who is very, very dear to me. Now, I haven't known this person that Essie has nominated for very long, but she's impacted me in such a way that I am... Every single day, I'm grateful for her life. So I'll just read it to you before I say my personal feeling about this person. So Essie writes, Hi, sis. As you know, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Every week, I tell myself not to listen to it on public transport. Yet every week, I am that person nodding, laughing and gesturing wildly to myself on the DLR while people look at me sideways. I wanted to nominate this person for Share Your Magnificence after a conversation we were having not too long ago. As you know, I started my poll journey with you a while back in your Clapton studio, then took a break. I'm now back at it, attending upper beginners classes at your studio. I look forward to this class every week as it's a great challenge, but mostly because of the teacher. Jenny Jayola is the baddest. She's such a great teacher and handles every class with such professionalism. She is attentive, knowledgeable, and has a great way of explaining what it is she wants us to do without getting on the pole herself and showing us, which to me is the sign of a great teacher. She encourages us all throughout the class and pushes us to really try over and over again, even when we are struggling with a particular move. This is not even mentioning her own pole skills. She is sickening. She is a beautiful, powerful and humble young lady who is wise beyond her years. And I believe that she will go far in this life, whatever it is she chooses to do. Her Afro pole class is a beautiful mix of African dance and basic pole dance moves. Anyone that loves Afro beats and pole should definitely give this class a try. I cannot express how much I love to see my sisters out here doing amazing things. I'm inspired every day thanks to people like her. So big up Jenny and also big up yourself as I wouldn't have never met her if it wasn't for you. Thank you both for helping and encouraging me on my pole journey. It means so much to me as it is part of my own growth and healing process. I'm already looking forward to my next class. Lots of love, Essie. 
Love you, Essie babe. I've been looking for the right time to big up Jenny. Um, and I'm glad that Essie also felt that within her waters for us to big up Jenny because Jenny Jayola, like God bless you. God bless your life as you listen to this podcast, because I know that you listen to this every single week. Anything that you touch in this life from this day forth will only, only bring you good things. Like you deserve all of the happiness, all of the success in this life, because I've never met someone as forthright and as pure as you are like you're 22 years old yet every time I'm talking to you it's like I'm talking to my age mate like you are so calm within yourself and you're so sure of who you are that it's inspiring for me to see because when I was 22 I wasn't like you I wasn't that sure of myself I was so filled with so much negative energy and insecurities I didn't really know what to do with myself and then I meet you and you are the embodiment of peace and you are the embodiment of hard work and perseverance. And I don't know your parents, but they should be so proud that they have a daughter like you because you are a testament to the beauty of what it is to be a Nigerian woman, what it is to be um, a black woman, what it is to be an African woman. Like honestly, big up yourself. Whatever you do in this life, I am in full support of you. I I'm so confident and comfortable whenever I leave the studio in your hands because I just know that you love the studio as much as I love the studio. Anyone who knows me knows how much like the studio is all I have. The studio is my baby. And yet you treat it like it's your baby. Like I am so thankful to the universe. I'm so thankful to God that he has made a creation like you because wow, if you're just like this at 22, I don't know what you'll be like at 32, but whatever you're like, I'm in full support of it. Like keep living your best life journey and don't let anybody deter you. Essie can see your greatness. I can see your greatness and I can't wait for the rest of the world to see your greatness because you're, you're truly wonderful people and I appreciate you so, so much. So that's it for Share Your Magnificence. Everyone that's been mentioned, like, I just need you to slap your chest two times because we are proud of you and we are proud of everything that you are doing in your various forms. You are the reason that we can say excellence, not even black excellence, just excellence, full stop, like, well done to you all. So that was all of the nice, positive things. <laughs> Let us move on to So You Mad. S-Y-M. So You Mad. The first one up, um, I'm going to uh, talk about Hoda. Hoda Katebi. Um, she is a fashion blogger from Oklahoma in America. She's of Iranian-American descent. Um, well, she's Iranian-American. She's of Iranian descent. Um, and the wildest thing happened to her during a TV interview in America. And I just want all of you, if you have not seen it already on the internet, to share in the wildness with me. So Hoda is an Iranian, um, Iranian American um, fashion blogger. She was told she didn't sound American when she went on a show to talk about her blogging. And she, they, for some reason, the two white hosts, one male, one female, thought it would be perfectly okay to ask about her views on nuclear weapons in Iran during a TV interview. The video obviously went viral and also her response has gone viral. So Hoda Katebi is 23. She blogs at Juju Azad um, and she was asked to appear as a guest on Chicago's WGN News morning show to talk about her book, Tehran uh, Street Style. The interview began with a discussion about Katebi's childhood in Oklahoma. So they're very aware that this girl or this woman has grown up in Oklahoma. Um, a predominantly white and conservative state. Um, and as a woman who wears a hijab um, and talks about women's fashion in Iran, um, suddenly out of nowhere, one of the hosts jumps in and they're like, oh, let's talk about nuclear weapons. I should, I've said that and it sounds logical. So I need to do that again. So, so let's talk about nuclear weapons. And that was from an idiot called Larry, Larry Potash. And he goes on to say, some of our viewers may say we cannot trust Iran. Of Iran, What are your thoughts? So I've come to talk to you about these 
looks that I'm serving with, with a little headscarf, with a little modest wear. And you're asking me what I think about America not knowing whether they can trust Iran. What is my business? What is my damn business about what America thinks about anybody? We should be asking if anyone should trust you motherfuckers because every day you're bombing and killing children all over the world. All over the world, children are dying because of you and your bombs. And you're you're asking me about Americans are not sure whether they should trust Iran. You shouldn't trust any of us because when the chickens come home to roost, you're all going to cry. You're going to cry your little star-spangled eyes out, bitches. So anyway... Uh, Katebi, who studied international relations and Middle Eastern politics at the University of Chicago, because, you know, Miss Girl has read some books. Um, she gave a measured response, even though she was taken aback. You could see it in her eyes. She was just like, huh? This is why both of the So You Mad that I'm going to discuss these, uh, this uh, week are both interviews. And both of the women in these wild situations, they had such composure that I can only pray and fast that God will bless me with because I would have slapped somebody before even realizing my hand had left my side out of across their face, pop, pop, done. I wouldn't even have realized I've given them three slaps. And suddenly I'm looking around and security's grabbing me. But I'll be like, what, 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 huh? what happened? What did happen? So anyway, she responds, I don't think we can trust this country as in the US. I'm a pacifist. I don't believe in violence. But also when we look at the legacy of imperialism and colonization in the Middle East and we see the legacy of this country and the violence that it has not only created, but also created the capacity for a lot of these weapons in the Middle East are completely brought in by the United States. I have, you, you know, when someone drags somebody, they drag someone so efficiently that it takes you a minute to realize the level of the dragging because I'm a rather long-winded person and I like to like dance around the houses when I'm making a point. Hodder got straight to the point. Don't talk to me about what you, whether you can trust Iran and whether you can do anything when you are the ones that came, you come to destabilize these countries, you colonize these countries, you destabilize them, and then you start providing them with ammunition to kill each other. And then you put your news cameras on them and go, oh my God, oh my God, they're killing each other, these savages. We need to go in there and we are the most powerful country in the world and we need to free them because we are all about freedom. And then they don't go there to free anybody. Instead, they take your natural resources and they rape your wives and children. So thank you, America. Great work. Clap for yourself, you dickheads. Um, so the, um, the host, the woman goes, um, Robin, she goes, wow, well, a lot of Americans might take offense to that. <laughs> You're an American. You don't sound like American when you say that. You don't sound like an American when you say this. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I mean... So what do you mean? So because I was born in this country, I should be blind to the atrocities that this country is inflicting on other people. And when I voice that I'm aware of these atrocities, I'm therefore not being patriotic is what you're basically telling me. Basically, um, Hoda said back to her, well, that's because I've read and she just keeps coming with these jabs. I think she should be a boxer because she knows how to really jab you in the kidneys, like boom. And she makes it nice and short and sharp. That's all you need to say to someone. That's because I've read. I don't need to be fed your misinformation through your, your, your TV channels and anything else. I went and read books. So I'm aware of the true history that you have tried to hide from me. So therefore I can say what I said. I don't care if it doesn't sound American because the average American by your standards is very foolish if they believe what you say to be true. If they think that me speaking up and standing up for my rights is unpatriotic and it's un-American, then you can all go and take a straw, a red and white and blue straw, and you can all suck your mums. But that was very very early we haven't even got to suck your mum yet but I just needed to let you know on Hodder's behalf that this is how she's feeling and she told me she'd never say this herself because you know she's a respectable Muslim lady but I'm just telling you that that is the vibe that I took through the TV waves anyway um she goes um it's she goes, it's important that people look beyond these simple narratives that we're told, whether it's about Muslim women or the legacy of the country, knowing that this country was literally built on the back of backs of slaves and after the genocide of indigenous people. <sighs> what a drag. What a drag. 
I read books. So I'm aware that you stole this country. So don't tell me about being American because what is it to be American? Is it to commit genocide or is it to enslave Africans and make them do your work for you and then deny them the rights and then declare them as not even human? Hodder did all of the bits. And to me, we, I mean, last week we talked. Um, last week we talked about the um, anti-blackness in Asian communities and um, non-black communities, um, and we also, well, I was talking this week on Twitter about the anti-blackness sometimes of the Muslim community or mu- Muslim communities, where people will say, "Oh, Muslims and black people," as if Muslims don't come as black people, as if there aren't black Muslims. It is always. It really makes me itch when I hear those kind of terms and people say oh it's just semantics but words mean things and words matter and if you don't use them the right way you're basically erasing and, um, and isolating a whole group of people but Hoda went up there an Iranian woman she went up there and said everything that needed to be said and she made sure that she mentioned black people in there too like I'm not just talking about my people them that you guys have offended I'm talking about all of the people them that you have colonized and you've tried to ruin and you've tried to make them do their your work for you. And you can open your long throats to talk about you're the greatest nation alive. Greatest nation to do what? You have been the one country to consistently remain at war for how many years? And I, I just want to ask you, are you not tired? Uh-uh. America, US of A, at your big, big age, you are fighting, you are fighting, you're fighting. When will you marry? Eh? When will you sit down and settle down with somebody? Every time, if there is war, we must see you there. If there's famine, we must see you there. America, at your big age, it is time to grow up. It is time to sit, settle down and it's time to marry. Okay? Wow. Such a shame. But big up yourself, Hoda. Like you, Hoda Katebi, you're a fave. I respect you and I want your level of poise when dealing with such nonsense. She um, she talked about it on her Instagram page that hindsight is twenty twenty, and she wishes that she had been able to talk more about the fact that they were trying to other her. And a lot of TV interviews and things, they like to do these sort of things where they bring you on and they try to make you the voice of your entire community. Oh, you know, such and such. Or, hey, black person, what do you think about this thing that this other black person did? But that's interesting because when a white person shoots up a school and kills 17 people, you don't bring some head of the community, the head of the white people community to come forward and be like, oh my God, we've totally denounced this person. We can't believe they did that. You always talk about them like they're a, like they're a low ranger like they're a lone individual even when organizations come forward and claim them as their own you you push that to the side that's not important oh they were mentally ill oh they were a good person really oh my god they like to eat tacos on Tuesdays anything you will do to humanize them and make it look like it was just an individual thing but another person who might be of a darker hue can commit an atrocity and you'll turn around and you'll be like oh my god it's an attack from all of them someone from their community needs to come and take responsibility for this and tell us sorry where is our sorry where is our sorry I am owed so many sorries and I know that week on week I talk about you know what we should be okay with the sorries that we never got that's one thing but when will these people that keep asking us to step forward and take accountability and responsibility for the things that other individuals have done when will they offer us a sorry because they never take responsibility for the atrocities that their individuals allegedly have done we need to speak more about the radicalization of the white male but we'll do that another day anyway moving on my next so you mad you knew it was coming it's the interview with Charlemagne. I'm not going to call him the God because he's no God. I, I prefer to call Charlemagne, Charlemagne the gnome. Yeah, the garden gnome. That's what he is. Charlemagne the goat is very, very suitable. Not even greatest of all time. I mean like a literal goat. Yeah, that's that's who he is. A billy goat. Charlemagne the billy goat. Yeah, his interview with Monique um, on The Breakfast Club. So remember a few episodes ago, we spoke about the fact that Monique was asking us as a community to boycott Netflix because they offered her a meager $500,000 for um, a Netflix 
stand-up comedy special and um she thought this was atrocious because amy schumer was offered 12.5 million dollars for her own netflix commercial and um, for her own netflix special and people were all up in arms that like, oh, how dare Monique ask us to boycott Netflix? How dare Monique do this? And rare, rare, rare. And I think I mentioned on the show that I, even then I didn't see a problem with her asking to be paid more. I don't know if I would have gone about it in the way that she did. And I still stand by that. A boycott of Netflix probably isn't what I would have said that she should have done, but I understand why she was insisting upon it. Now I find out that Charlemagne had actually given her donkey of the day on The Breakfast Club a few weeks back when this whole story came to light. And so um, Monique has been doing the rounds recently. She's been going on various talk shows and basically trying to justify why she's asking to be paid more. And I'm disappointed that it's pretty much black people that are that are telling her she doesn't deserve more, that they're basically all gaslighting her to say, but how dare you think that you deserve more? Whoopi Goldberg was moving mad on The View. Oh, is it The View that she's on? Whoopi Goldberg says some problematic shit. And after Sister Acton and um, Ghost, I don't know if I can really rock with her because she says some wild things and it really bothers me. But, um, you know, she went head to head with Whoopi Goldberg. She went on another show where the woman tried to disrespect her and Monique wasn't having it. But Monique didn't run her mouth in the way that maybe I probably would. Because I, when I feel someone disrespecting me, I get this heat in my chest and it starts to pulsate. And it's like, it's pulsating and it like, I need to let it out like a super saiyan. And I don't have that decorum to be like, wow, this person is disrespecting me. Let me articulate what I mean when I say that I don't appreciate being disrespected. Like I said, I would have headbutted them before even realizing that my head had jerked forward from my neck. Like, I don't like those kind of things. I don't like people behaving in that way. So anyway, Monique goes on um, The Breakfast Club and she basically says, she basically reads Charlemagne for filth. She reads him for filth and she's just like, I remember when I met you, when you were just starting out and, you know, I'm just going to call you Leonard, but he says, no, it's Leonard. Okay, Leonard, Leotard. Um, Leonard is his real name. And she says, I'm going to refer to you as Leonard. And I feel like that was the first stage of her dragging. She took away his persona. She took away the moniker, his alias that he likes to go back, uh, go by his alter ego, if you will. She stripped that away and she said, no, I'm not talking to you as Charlemagne. I'm talking to you as Leonard, as you, as who you are as a man who grew up in South Carolina, Monkhouse, South Carolina, wherever the hell he said he grew, grew up. I'm talking to you as a big, big woman, how dare you say to me and refer to me as donkey of the day? She didn't even say, how dare you? She didn't even come at him on a confrontational vibe. She just said, I want you to explain to me why you would give me donkey of the day. Why do you think it's ridiculous for me to want to be paid more than they were offering me? Why do you think it's weird for me to want to be paid like my peers? And he couldn't back himself up. People kept saying, oh yeah, but you know, she's no Chris Rock. She's no Dave Chappelle. They're selling out arenas. She's not selling out arenas. So, you know, that's how they came up with the, the you, know, what they, you know, what they were willing to pay her. Amy Schumer and... What I love about Monique and her husband, I mean, I really was very uncomfortable with the fact that she kept referring to her husband as daddy over the phone but whatever um what I really appreciated about um, Monique and her husband is that they came with receipts they came with every fucking itemized receipt like here you go Monique says you keep talking about the fact that I haven't been doing anything for a while but I released a movie in about what 2017 that made a 23 million dollar profit Amy Schumer around the same time came out with her film or people thought she was going to come out with a film and her film only made $3 million in profit. Yet she had a bigger budget than I was given. I think her budget, uh, budget was about 40 something, um, $42 million was her budget, uh, budget. She only made 45 million. So she only made 3 million, um, in profit. Um, Monique was, had a 17 million budget from what I understand and made 23 um, million more as profit so who should your 12.5 million go to because amy obviously can't draw in a crowd because she only made she only just about made profit 
only just about. Whereas Monique took what she had and flipped it and made a substantial amount of profit. Yet you're telling her that she only deserves $500 and $500,000. Now the problem with the $500,000 that you're claiming that she, that's all she deserves is the fact that she would need to not perform any stand-up for two years after this Netflix special is released. So you're basically asking her to live on $250,000 a year because she can't really do anything else. And someone now jumped in my mentions and they were like, wow, they didn't say that she couldn't perform any stand up. They just said that she couldn't perform any of the material that was in their Netflix special. So I had to explain to this person that me, in case you didn't know about me, I'm not just someone who wears pom pom shorts and says pussy clout a lot. I also studied law. So don't get fresh with me. So let me tell you um, just a little bit about contract law. Yeah. And the reason that they were vague in that stipulation that was number five was very, very deliberate. Like they were deliberate in how vague they made it because they wanted to be able to fuck her every way from Sunday should they decide to. They said she was not allowed to use any material from the Netflix special. Do you know what any material means well i'll explain it to you it means that even if she said hey guys my name is monique or she says well that's wild or what one day she just she can say the most generic phrase but the fact is it was part of the material of that show so therefore whenever she does anything else she has to avoid saying any word or any group of words that she said then she can't even talk about the same theme yeah all of those things are included when they say that she can't use any material if her name is mentioned in that Netflix special, she can't mention her name in another thing because she said her name in that special. That's how they go around and they fuck you over, but you don't realize it. So she was very, very aware of this because I'm sure she's got a smart attorney who was just like, yeah, babes, you wouldn't be able to do anything for two years based on what they've just said in, um, you know, in that stipulation. So you don't want her to work for two years and you just want her to live off $250,000. Like that is crazy. When we know that other people who won't be able to work like Amy Schumer, you niced her. You gave her 12 and a half million for her to go away for two years and live off this special. So just based on that, do you not now see that there's a problem? People are talking about the fact that, oh, um, well, she she hasn't done anything. Charlemagne was very much going on about oh relevance, relevance, relevance. She hasn't done anything relevant in so long. Dave Chappelle went away for how long? Dave Chappelle disappeared for how long and he came back and how much was he given for his Netflix special? So don't talk to me about relevance. When we go to the very, very root of the matter, the matter is you lot don't like black women. One. Two, you don't think women are funny. And I don't know where this myth comes from because the funniest people I know in this entire world are women. Women are so hilarious to me, not just because I'm a woman, but because women have an incredible sense of humor. Yeah. Okay. You might be like, oh, they haven't had to rely on it as much as men or whatever. But I think that that's a myth. Women are so, so funny, but the industry doesn't believe that they are. So the industry gives them less than men always. Now, when you're a black woman, you get even less than that. Like Wanda Sykes, who is, you know, recent, she's relevant. She only got offered $250,000 for a Netflix special. So that's someone who has white, a white audience as well. Yet that wasn't relevant enough. So they then went to attacking um, Monique's character. Now, what I'll say is that I don't know Monique's character and we all have off days. Monique might be an absolute prick. Yeah. My issue with that is the fact that other people are allowed to be pricks. Other people are allowed to be sexual predators and keep their careers and thrive at their careers. But a black woman can't even have a little bit of an attitude because, oh my God, she's so hard to work with. And then whenever they say a, hard, a black woman is hard to work with, it's basically because she didn't tolerate any nonsense. Angela Yee, whenever she decided to open her stupid stinking mouth, I call her Angela Yee. I call her Take Last Lucy because she's forever taking last. She's so useless on that show. She's basically there so they can be like, oh, well, a woman was sitting there and she didn't have an issue with anything that we had to say that is the role that Angela Yee is there for she makes me sick because she's complicit in the gaslighting of black women that come on that show the same thing that they did to um what's this girl Azealia Banks the same thing that they did to Amara La Negra the same thing that they did um to Monique when she was on that show yesterday 
Angela Yee will come up with some stupid questions that have already been answered. She said, oh, well, why didn't you go somewhere else then if um, Netflix had offered you that? Weren't there any other streaming services? And Monique literally just addressed the fact that once Netflix has said that that's what they're offering you, everyone else will be like, well, we can offer you less because they don't value you. So what's the big deal? She has been blackballed. I don't know if you understand what that means in the industry, but nobody is willing to work with Monique because big names in the industry have said, don't work with her. Oh, but we haven't heard anything bad said about the people who have said, who have said don't work with her. Well, of course you wouldn't have heard anything bad about them because people are getting jobs from them. People aren't trying to lose out. So people are keeping quiet, even if they think that Will Packer or whoever, even if they think that they're dickheads and I don't know them, I wouldn't know. They wouldn't ever say they're all going to gang up on Monique and say, yes, she's the angry black woman. She's this, she's that. Charlemagne, with his lack of understanding about human behavior and just generally life in general, said to Monique, um, you keep trying to make this out like it's a race issue or like it's a gender issue when it's just an individual issue. And I love that Monique said to him, but at this very moment in time, Viola Davis is also out there saying that people are comparing her to Meryl Streep, calling her the black Meryl Streep, but they don't want to pay her Meryl Streep money. So with all due respect, Leonard, aka Charlemagne the GOAT, it's not an individual thing because it's happening to other black women at this very moment. And also, fuck you, because the personal is political. Even if it was happening to just me, there's a reason that it's happening to me. Yeah. And society has a part to play in that. So that's part of the problem. The fact that he kept trying to gaslight her, like, no, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that issue. I just think that it's your hard to work with. And the fact of the matter is you haven't sold out arenas. And like she pointed out, promoters are the ones that book these people to come and perform at these arenas. And also, fuck that, because Amy Schumer didn't sell out the O2 and Amy Schumer isn't funny. She didn't sell out the O2, yet she's still getting these deals. So nothing that you're saying makes sense. Oh, well, maybe because, you know, um, after you other comedians, black comedians, they'll get that role. Maybe there just aren't any black comedians right now that deserve that money. That's also a lie. That is also a lie. Um, oh, well, maybe when Tiffany Haddish comes through, she might be able to get that money. But then in the same breath, he's like, oh, well, maybe she won't. So why do you keep shifting the goalposts? When it comes to black women, why do you keep shifting the goalposts? You'll, you'll make one point, that point will get knocked down and then you'll try to conflate it and derail it with another point. Like, I don't get why people go on that show to speak with Charlemagne. I don't understand why they put themselves through that sort of torture. I feel like if I was ever asked to go on that show, I would decline because you aren't on my intellectual level. I will not stoop down to, to your level to come and have a discussion with you so you can so you can swivel everything around so it doesn't make sense and you can feel cool about yourself. I wrote on Twitter that someone said, oh, um, Monique clashes. Monique clashes with um, Charlemagne. I wrote clashes would infer that there was equal impact. Monique bodied him. Monique dealt with him. Is it funny? Is it surprising that... All the comments I then received were black men going, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. She's got a chip on her shoulder and that's why nobody wants to pay her for anything. What do you mean this chip on her shoulder? It's so funny, this internalized anti-blackness, this misogynoir that so many of you um, portray and you're so unaware of it. The only reason you don't like Monique is because she's a plus size black woman. That's and you don't like her and you don't like the fact that she's a bigger black woman that loves herself and she's funny and she speaks out when she doesn't agree with something. You don't like that. Like she said, other people, she's been on other radio shows and they've seen the issue with what Netflix have done to Monique. Only you guys, only you absolute frogs, you dickheads are the only ones that cannot see that this is a grave injustice. Regardless of how you feel about her, £500,000 for someone to do a Netflix special and then not do anything else for two years is disrespectful. And if you can't even have that basic understanding, then you don't need to be speaking to me about anything. Done. So... To wrap it up, my straw of the week, because now we're moving to SYM, aka suck your mom. My straw of the week goes out to Theresa May. As we all know, Theresa May is a pussy clerk. Now, you know, 
I should have mentioned Stormzy in Black Excellence because he he did really well at the Brit Awards and he did ex- exceedingly well because he was you know, using his platform. Like I just said about John Boyega, this is another guy from Southeast London using his platform in an impeccable manner. He, during his freestyle, I don't think it was a freestyle. I think he very much planned to say what he said. He said like, Theresa May, Wagwan for Grenfell. Did you think we forget, for, forgot about Grenfell? And my heart stopped because this is someone that's using their platform to speak about the things that impact us as a community. How did so many people die in that Grenfell in that Grenfell fire? And I definitely believe that more people died than they told us about. And they're using technicalities um, when it comes to how they worked out the figure or the number. Um, how did so many people die and there isn't more of an outrage? Why isn't more being done in terms of reform? Why is it that um, Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea, why are they not being held to task about these issues? They are the richest borough in London, yet this gross negligence was able to happen under their watch. Why is why aren't we having more being done about this? Theresa May is opening her crusty crow lips to talk about, oh, we're going to do an inquiry, but you're going to fuck up the inquiry. We saw what you guys did when it was the Stephen Lawrence inquiry. You, you don't do things fairly and you don't do things with transparency. We talk about you know, the um, the splitting up of church and state and all of this stuff, but nothing's really split up. You guys merge with each other, meld with each other and you uphold your lies. And that's a major problem for me. I don't like it. You could only offer the victims of Grenfell. What was it? Um, what did she offer them? Five million? Because, oh yeah, we don't have a money tree. I would, oh, 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 honestly, we don't have, a, money just doesn't grow on trees. You can't shake it and money falls out. But you found money to join, make a coalition government with those ugly, ugly DUP, uh, the DUP party. You, you found money for that. You found money for that, but you can't find the money for the people that died in a fire. And the reason I feel like you can't find the money to help these people is because they were black uh, black and brown people predominantly and nobody cares about their lives, evidently. When I say nobody, I mean people in your ends, Theresa May, because you're you're a dickhead. Um, And I like that Stormzy addressed that. Even with the backlash that Stormzy got, Um, regarding that, so many white men were tweeting like, oh, I don't understand what he just said. And if he wants to say it, he should say it in a better way. This is another tool of racism where they try to dictate to you. It's called tone policing. They try to dictate to you how you should get across your frustration. I would listen to you if you just said it in a nicer tone. Motherfucker, I don't have to say it in any other tone than what I just said it in. Because the fact still remains that you are an oppressive force. And I'm telling you, you're an oppressive force. So don't tell me to switch up how I'm saying it. Because what you're trying to do by telling me to switch up how I'm saying it is that you're trying to infer power on my situation. If you can make me change how I'm saying something to accommodate your fragility, then that proves that you've got the power that you're so used to having. And I will not and should not change that up for you. And this is really what they were asking of Stormzy. And the the ones that were like, oh, he's incoherent because obviously he's a black savage and you can't understand a word that he's saying. And we all know that's a lie because he's very articulate. So again, you lot are lying. Then someone wrote an article and they were like, oh, his mom came over here from Ghana, an immigrant. And, you know, he was able to grow up in this system and look how he's attacking the Tory government. This is very similar to what they said about Hoda Katebi. Oh, but you grew up in Oklahoma. How can you say that about America? Because I read, I can say, I have eyes and a functioning brain. I can see what you are doing. Even if I grew up here, I see what you are doing and I will not be patriotic for the sake of being patriotic when what you are doing is oppressing and killing other people. I'm not going to be part of it. So what? Stormzy should be grateful because, you know, oh, he got to come to this country and now he's won a Brit award. He should never say anything bad about the government. He can say what he likes because he is a citizen of this country and that is his right. And you cannot take that away from him. So he said, Theresa May, like what's happening with Grenfell? Next morning, we see um, newspaper articles saying number 10 um, have responded to Stormzy's um, lyrics saying that Theresa May is still very much dedicated to helping the victims of Grenfell. Why is number 10 talking? As far as I'm concerned, number 10 is a fucking door. It's a door 
on Downing Street. The door should not be talking to me. I want the woman to speak to me. Why is it? Why did they have to say number 10 are telling us rare, rare, rare? Why couldn't they just say, boom, Theresa May said X, Y, Z. Why is Why? Theresa May. Hey, hey, why are you running? Eh? Why are you running? Why are you running? Fam, come back. We're talking to you. Why are you moving mad? First of all, Theresa May's, I really believe that she's one of the prototype androids. Like she's, she's, she's a, she's a robot. And one day it'll be revealed to us that she's a robot because whenever I watch her on TV, it seems like she's very, very incapable of human feeling. She doesn't know how to convey human feeling. And I don't understand why that is. But the fact that she couldn't speak up for herself, she had to like, what did Stormzy say in one of his lyrics? You're a prick by yourself, go and group up. And that's it. She's a prick by herself. So she needs to group up and get the people of Downing Street to speak for her because she can't speak by herself. Do you think if I was ever prime minister of just England, and someone called me out and drew for me on 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 a on a award show. I would be I would be like Trump up in this bitch. I would have been firing off tweets. I would have jumped on Instagram live stream and I'd be like, yeah, and what? What? That's probably why I'm not prime minister. But you get what I'm saying? Like she could not stand up for herself. Instead, a door is talking for her. Number 10 says, blah, 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 blah. Theresa May, as far as I'm concerned, is a, a Rice Krispies bitch. This is a new term I have now coined. Theresa May, you're a Rice Krispies bitch. What does that mean? It means that you can snap, crackle and pop a straw in your mother and suck her dry. That's what it means because you are useless. You are very, very useless. So I'll repeat that for you again. Snap, crackle, pop a straw in your mother and suck her dry. Yeah. Suck your mom, Theresa May, you dickhead. Because people died. You lied about the number of people that died and you're not even helping the people that survived. So that is the end of that. And that's basically it. That's it for this week. I have been Kelechi Okafor and this has been S-Y-M, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? Suck Your Mum. All of the people I've mentioned will be, I'll add them in the caption so you can follow them and definitely support Jonathan's mum, Auntie Gladys. Let's support her with what she's doing, dating in over 50. And like I said, when it comes to the card, you've got work to do. We've all got work to do, but there's going to be success from it. But we just have to go into it very, very clear about what our goals are and show all of the poise that we've seen Monique show and Hodder show up in this bitch. Um, and that's it for this week. I'll catch you later. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Copy, Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind